Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Wednesday. It is 10 a.m. here on the East Coast. Time for MLB Strategy Show right here at AwesomeOak.com. Adam, how, how you doing on this Wednesday morning, man? Doing good. Excited to talk baseball. Uh, got pretty much my fill of basketball yesterday, so nice to switch sports. I, I think uh, there's some of us that are a little more frustrated with basketball than others, especially if you had a lot of Clippers last night. Yeah, yeah, no no question. That, that, was, Paul that, that was, I think, the most pathetic effort in a game that matters that I've ever seen. Like it was, it was almost like you felt sad watching it. Like that was the only emotion I felt like watching the fourth quarter of that game. I, I think I pre, I think I turned the game off when Paul George attempted a three from the corner and he hit the side of the backboard. I'm yep. like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it was, it was just so bad. Like it was, it was embarrassing. And, and I say that not as a Clippers fan or any. I didn't even have money on the game. I just felt it made me feel bad watching the game. Man, I mean, the Nuggets down 3-1 in both series have come back. I mean, the job they've been able to do. But, of course, uh, we are here to talk about uh, today's MLB action. Of course, we are sponsored by Yahoo. Uh, let's let's take a look back at what happened last night. If I told you the one complete game last night was coming from Coors Field, what would you have said? Well, I just found that out, so um, <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was able to turn baseball off real quick last night. So, uh, yeah. Sensatella goes nine innings, uh, three strikeouts, one earned run. Last night was obviously a, a night where, uh, you know, doing live for lock with with Alex, we were talking about all those high-end pitchers, but really it was the value pitchers. That if you went to last night, you did a great job there. Uh, your Quita for Houston, seven innings, seven strikeouts, only gives up one earned run. Dane Dooning, seven innings pitch for White Sox, kept seven Ks, one earned run. And uh, if you went with a Brewers or Yankee stack, it did pretty damn well because Brewers scoring 18 runs against the Cardinals. The Yankees put a 20 spot against the Blue Jays. And if you had a one-two stack of uh, two hitters from the Yankees lineup, Matthew, four for six, five RBIs, three run scores. Void, three for five, two home runs, five RBIs, three runs scored. Yeah, they, they got off they got off to a quick start. I think they had, what, 12 runs in the first three innings. Uh, you knew pretty quickly if you didn't have the Yankees, you were not winning last night. Yeah, I, I had mentioned that I thought that was a little bit of a, a sneaky stack just based on what we were seeing in the top stack tool yesterday. And uh, staying now back to the Yankees, we'll see how that uh, does go affect for their line. Do want to let you know today over at Osmo.com, our free premium content of the day is MLB Lineup Builder. So be sure to check that out today at Osmo.com. We got a nine-game main slate tonight. 
Going to start off at 7.05. The first uh, game we're going to talk about here, Adam, is the Mets and the Phillies. Jacob deGrom going for the Mets. And Zach Wheeler scheduled to go for the Phillies. Yeah, so uh, and I'm on the wrong the wrong day on my my page. Now, now I understand why it didn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wheeler, uh, the strikeout numbers this year have been really, really concerning for him. Obviously, you have a long track record of, of him being a good pitcher, but uh, the numbers really just haven't been there this year. He's not striking guys out at the same rate they're used to. And then now um, a, a tough matchup against the Mets as well. So um, not, not too interested there. DeGrom on the other side, I think a tough matchup for him, but obviously one of the best pitchers in baseball. So if you're looking at these two pitchers, I think the, the salary is close enough where you're going to prefer DeGrom. Yeah, I remember uh, last night when I was putting together my pitching sheet for today's show. Uh, initially, uh, Nola was on was slated on DraftKings, but it will be Zach Wheeler nine thousand for him, Jacob Degrom ten thousand four hundred on DraftKings. Uh, the Mets yesterday going up against the right-hander, they went pretty much with uh, I want to say seven of the nine batters in the lineup were lefties. So I would imagine that's probably something we see again today. Yeah, most likely, and they're they're good left-handed hitters too. So. Um, looking at Wheeler, you know, this year, I still expect the strikeout numbers to come up closer to his career averages, but they just haven't been there yet. He is throwing more sinkers this year, which tends to lead to, to fewer swings and misses. 19% strikeout percentage against lefties. He's only allowed a 106 ISO. So he's still doing a good job of limiting power. And it's not really a pitcher that I love taking hitters against unless he's getting a bunch of ownership, which I doubt will be the case. But it, it definitely doesn't set up as a matchup where I'm really excited to get to Wheeler either. In terms of uh, DeGrom, <clears throat> 10400 DK, 11700 on FanDuel, $58 on Yahoo. Uh, is he kind of a guy that's ultimately just going to kind of depend on ownership if you go that route? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, to some extent on ownership, but I obviously want to get to him. So ownership would have to get pretty high not to. I, I think that he's a little underpriced. You know, you've seen these top tier pitchers like on DraftKings recently um, getting up around 11 or, or 11.5, only 10-4 on the ground coming in with almost a 38% strikeout percentage this year, only walking 6% of hitters. I mean, you, you know what you're getting out of him. He's a really good pitcher. He, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And the only real negative is that the Phillies are a pretty solid offense, but they're also banged up. You know, you don't have Reese Hoskins. Uh, this projected lineup kind of just looks nothing like it, it used to. Like you have Alec Bond hitting third now. I mean, this guy got called up like a month ago and was hitting eighth for for most of the, the time he was up. Um, Phil Gosselin, Adam Hazley, Kingery, Andrew Knapp with, without Real Muto. Like this is a, a very watered down version of the Philadelphia lineup that the ground should be able to just run through. Yeah, it's uh, I would imagine I'm going to have a good amount of shares of the Grom. Don't don't really in terms of those Mets bats. Um, is there do you have a favorite bat in that lineup or maybe a portion of the lineup that kind of interests you in terms of a stack? Not really. I, I mean, I think the salary on Brandon Nimmo in particular, if he's leading off, is a little bit cheaper than it should be just given his talent level. But Wheeler just does such a good job of limiting power and limiting production against him that even if he's not getting a lot of strikeouts, I think there's going to be enough spots to go to on a slate this big that, that don't really involve taking bats against one of the more, you know, one of the, the better pitchers. And when, you look, when you look at some of the higher options on the pitching slate uh, on tonight's slate, Garrett Cole is going to be one of those pitchers going for the Yankees, 9,900 on DK, 11,500 on FanDuel. And $55 on Yahoo going to get some Blue Jays. Tanner Rourke going to be on the hill for the Jays. Yeah, Cole kind of looks like the other expensive pitcher that you're probably going to be really interested in. You know, at the top on the slate, you basically have the Grom, Giolito, and Cole. Giolito facing the Twins. 
Jay or DeGrom and Cole not facing the Twins, which gives them the edge. Cole's salary is pretty inexpensive as well at only 9,900. You know, I I think that you'll want to pay attention to ownership between him and DeGrom. I think that the edge does go to DeGrom, but obviously Cole comes in with a 33% strikeout percentage as well. So it's not like you're, you're sacrificing a ton if you go to him over DeGrom. So I think DeGrom should be the higher owned out of the two, but I, I think that it should be relatively close and Cole is pretty clearly underpriced for his strikeout ability. You know, you've seen him struggle some this year with home runs. He's allowing almost two home runs per nine innings, and that's obviously a problem. But still coming, you know, like I said, coming in with about a 33% strikeout percentage. Um, his expected ISO is, it's mostly been left-handed power. He's allowed a 319 ISO to lefties, 248 expected ISO there. You look at the Toronto lineup, you're basically going to be concerned with Kevin Biggio and Travis Shaw. So most of their power is from the right side which is a good thing uh, against righties this year. Cole's only allowed a 173 ISO and he struck out 36%. So I think that the fact that there's limited left-handed power in the Toronto lineup sets up well for Cole also. Yeah, obviously we, we mentioned right at the beginning of the show, the Yankees were hot last night, six home runs. Uh, they come up with 16 hits, 20 runs scored, scoring seven runs in the second inning, five runs in the third inning and another four runs uh, in the fourth inning, uh, I don't know if they're going to be a sneaky stack tonight like they were last night because of that performance. Yeah, that, typically that will drive up ownership a little bit. Um, pricing on the Yankees, not too expensive on DraftKings. You know, you have DJ LeMahieu at the top at 5,500, but uh, other than that, pretty inexpensive. You could have Aaron Judge back. He's only 4,800. You could have Gleyber Torres back. He's only 4,300. So I think it is a stack that will get some ownership just because they, they have an applied run total of five and a half. They are relatively affordable. They're obviously coming off of a big game. The matchup against Roark is fine. He's kind of just always been a pitcher that, that gets by, doesn't strike out a ton of guys, isn't you know unhittable, but isn't a, a total gas can either. But someone like that facing this Yankees team that has so much power uh, for the year, a 19.5% strikeout percentage and two and a half home runs per nine innings for, for Roark. Um, obviously limited sample you know, this season, but has struggled with home runs, uh, particularly to right-handed bats, which is really surprising for him. Typically, he's been better against righties than lefties throughout his career, but this year he's only struck out 13% of righties while allowing a 395 expected ISO. Uh, whatever he's struggling with, it, it clearly is mostly against right-handed hitters, and you have a lot of right-handed power in this lineup, most likely. It was funny last night on the show. I almost mentioned Alex, like, is this a Gary Sanchez night? I should have mentioned it because he actually went out and got a home run last night. Yeah, uh, really rough year for him, but obviously he, he still is always someone I like getting to in my lineups if I can, especially if he's lower owned, because it's just so hard to find catchers that have power. And obviously to win a tournament, you need home runs. You're not really concerned about the times that Sanchez strikes out four times because who cares? You know, it, it's does he have the potential to give you a home run or two, which is more than you can say for so many catchers. So I do like getting to him. Uh, of course, you know, in the, the Yankees lineup, you have so many guys to choose from now that you also have Stanton back at a cheap salary. And then again, potentially getting judge and, and Torres back. So certainly not a must play in your stacks, but I wouldn't be looking to avoid him either, despite the struggles he's had this year. Anything on the blue Jays hitting side that sticks out to you at all? No, even Biggio and Shaw are relatively expensive. It would be one thing if you were getting one of them at like a 3K price tag or something, price down for Cole, but you're not. Uh, Biggio comes in at 4,600, Shaw 4,100 on DraftKings. I don't really see the reason to go there. Of course, uh, this is the MLB Strategy Show for Wednesday, September 16th, and we are sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. They now include CSV edit and upload features, 
when you're looking to play those multiple multiple lines. Make better choice choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Next up, we got the Royals and the Tigers. Brady Singer, of course, uh, knew he had that no-hitter in his last start on the hill for the Royals. Uh, Tarek Skubal going for the Tigers. Uh, when you look at Singer, $33 on Yahoo, $6,200 on DraftKings, and $8,000 on FanDuel. Uh, on the two pitcher sites, pitcher sites, the Singer is, do you look at him as a value pitcher today? Yeah, without question. You, you know that the floor is really low. He, he's going to be inconsistent in general, but he does have pretty good stuff. It's just a matter of, you know, he hasn't pitched prior to this year above, I think, high A. And so you're going to just kind of get mixed results from him. But he is fully stretched out. You know, he is coming off of 119 pitches his last time out, which is a concern. You know, a lot. You know, sometimes you'll see pitchers kind of fall back um, th- their next time out after uh, flirting with a no-hitter because they throw so many pitches. Um, so that, that is somewhat of a concern, but the salary is so cheap, the matchup's fine. But even prior to that last start, 95 and 95 pitches in his two starts before that, um, the strikeouts for him have been pretty average, 21.8% strikeout percentage, 8.5% walk percentage. But it's mostly just a salary thing, like you said. It's not so much a FanDuel play at 8K where you're only rostering one pitcher, but on Yahoo and DraftKings where you have to roster two of them and he's really inexpensive, uh, there's – the the ceiling kind of outweighs the floor at that salary. Yeah, you look at the, his six two hundred dollar price. Uh, we've only got three pitchers lower than that: that Aiken, Gibson, and Smith. We're gonna see. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about San Francisco, Seattle. We have, we think Smiley and Newsom could be the stars. Maybe it, it's Anderson who was supposed to start last night when that game was canceled. So that's gonna be something we're gonna play on. But if you're looking for that value at SB two, I mean, he's got to be a guy that that's in that consideration. Um, you know, unless maybe you want to, you know, maybe you're looking at going up in that just under 8K range. Yeah, I think if you're paying down for sure. I mean, like you mentioned, Keegan Aiken, he's got a tough matchup against Atlanta down in that price range. Kyle Gibson's really cheap, but he's facing Houston, which, of course, isn't a spot that you're going to love to go to. Caleb Smith's facing the Angels, and that's pretty much the the price range. So it's I think Singer is probably the best. is the best value down there. It is a spot though where you want to pay attention to ownership. I mean, it's it's still a pitcher with a very wide range of outcomes. You very easily can just go get six points here and not help you at all. If a large percentage of the field is going to him, then you can just kind of go with different roster construction um, approaches. But with Cole on this slate, with the Grom on this slate, I think you'll see enough ownership going to the top that um, it's probably going to be reasonable ownership on Singer. With kind of the up and downs of both these pitchers in this game, do you look at a game stack potentially of hitting on both sides of the teams here? To some extent. Um, if Singer's getting a lot of ownership, it makes the Tigers more appealing because you're you're able to leverage against the field. And if the Tigers do well, then a lot of the field is losing because they have Singer. Um, if, if Singer's ownership isn't as high as it should be, then I would rather just be getting to Singer. The Tigers not the best offense obviously and there are some really good offenses on this slate um as far as school goes he's been throwing you know 65 70 pitches the royals i think are pretty fairly priced you do have four guys in this projected lineup at 2300 or less on DraftKings. that means that it's probably a stack that's going to get some ownership because you can go cole plus the grom plus royals and get a really really high projection mm-hmm. so you know do pay attention to that but um th- there is some good value in the kansas city lineup 
Yeah, I always look at the Royals. I mean, Sal Perez at the catcher spot is always someone that is going to be someone I'm considering rostering. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, potential Royal stack that, you know, really that that one through, you know, four stack you look at, I mean, they did not. Uh, farewell last night, only getting five hits, uh, getting shut out in that game. Of course, the Tigers, uh, they got up early 5 nothing and, and cruised with a 6 nothing lead on that. In terms of the Tigers' bats, what, what, what do you like in that lineup? Mostly a full stack to leverage against Singer. Like, there's no one bat that, that I think really stands out as a, a great option because there's just better, you know, better hitters throughout other lineups. But um, like I like I had said, if Singer's ownership does get elevated, then just getting you know five bats against them from Detroit helps you leverage against the field. Of course, if you're uh, looking to build your lives right now, right now over awesome.com, our free premium content today is the MLB lineup builder. Check that out as we go on throughout the day over at awesome.com as we have free content daily for you to check out over there. Uh, next up, uh, we'll move over to the Braves and the Orioles. I had a lot of Braves last night. Did not work out the way I had hoped it would work out, but uh, it is something that, uh, you know, they could potentially be in another spot here. Uh, Cole Hamels getting the start for the Braves and, Ke- and Keegan Aiken, a guy that you had mentioned just a little while ago on the hill for the Orioles. Aiken 6,100 on DK, 6,600 on draft on, on FanDuel, $27 on Yahoo. Cole Hamels, of course, uh, debut for him here, 7,800 on DK, 7,500 on FanDuel, and $35 on Yahoo. Yeah, not much interest in the pitching here for me. Um, it, it came out right before the show started that Cole Hamels would be limited to, I think it was 55 to 65 pitches. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was, it was in that range, like 65 pitches. Um, so you, you're not expecting him to go deep into this game. Keegan Aiken had a really good start. His first big league start against the Yankees, his second one also against the Yankees, didn't get out of the first inning. Overall, he's just kind of a middling pitching prospect. He's just a guy that the Orioles basically are using. They view him as a reliever long term, and they're just kind of using him to, to fill innings for the rest of the season because there is a gap in the Orioles system between their actual good pitching prospects and guys that are ready for the majors. So um, he, he's nothing really that that you're going to be afraid of from a hitting standpoint. He's not someone that you're you're really looking to roster here in a tough matchup so this is a game where i'm i'm interested in the bats you know obviously from the brave side they come in with close to a six implied run total um against aiken you have a lot of right-handed power here between acuna ozuna diarno swanson duvall riley like these guys all have so much power from the right side freeman obviously is a great hitter left-handed as well so the braves look like they should be one of the the more popular stacks tonight they're in a great spot but also on the Orioles side you know you have hamels making his first start you don't really know what to expect there he's obviously at the tail end of his career but you, you do have some power and some cheap power in the Orioles lineup Ryan Mountcastle at 3300 I really don't know why he's still so cheap this is like a legitimate hitting prospect who has come up and had immediate success and is still 3300 uh, Renato Nunez is cheap Andre Alberto is only 3900 like this is a, a team that you know I mentioned before that I thought the Royals would get some ownership because it would be pretty easy to go to Grom and Cole with Kansas City Baltimore's a team that you know maybe if if Kansas City is getting more ownership. You can look to Baltimore and, and take the same approach. Yeah, Mike in chat, he had mentioned about that, that uh, he was uh, going to run with uh, uh, Orioles and and or- Orioles and Royals stack here today, teaming up with uh, Bundy and DeGrom. We'll talk about Bundy here uh, in, in a little bit. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's – I look at – I just – we'll see as the day goes on of what the stack looks like, but you got to imagine the Braves are going to be pretty, you know, top – you know, one of the top. 
Yeah, I just pulled up the top stack tool for DraftKings. Atlanta has the highest top stack percentage. They have the third highest aggregate ownership. So it looks like a good spot there. And then back to what I was mentioning about Kansas City versus Baltimore. We have Kansas City with the fourth highest top stack percentage, um, basically twice as high as Baltimore. But their aggregate ownership is like three and a half times higher than Baltimore. So it, it looks like a spot where you can get a very similar build by going to the Orioles as, as Kansas City, but you'll get a lot less ownership on that lineup. Of course, uh, if you do have any questions on today's slate, leave those right there in YouTube or on our premium Slack account as well as we will get to those questions as we go on throughout this show. Uh, let's move on to the Rangers and the Astros. The Astros, uh, the biggest betting favorite on tonight's slate. Of course, if you want to see the betting lines, go to Osmo.com right at the top of the page. Odd shopper so you can price out where the best lines are at for this game. We've got Kyle Gibson on the mound. For the Rangers, Lance McCullers on the mound for the Astros. McCullers, 7,500 on DK, 8,100 on FanDuel, $34 on Yahoo. Kyle Gibson, one of the cheapest pitchers on the slate, 5,900 on DK, 6,300 on FanDuel, and $25 on Yahoo. I think McCullers looks like an appealing option here. He's coming back from the injured list, but he missed the minimum amount of time. It, he was dealing with neck pain, so it's not like it was an arm issue. I expect him to to essentially be be good to go here, you know, maybe doesn't get that one final inning, but uh, I think that overall he should be fine. And the salary is really affordable against a Texas team. That's been one of the most appealing teams to pick on in, in DFS this year. So I think McCullers looks like a really good mid range option. You know, we do have him projected for 40% ownership right now, which is the second highest on the slate behind Garrett Cole. So, uh, you know, obviously you're not getting any sort of ownership discount there, but it does look like a really, really good spot to go to for McCullers. As far as Gibson goes, the, the salary on him at 5,900 is, is less expensive than you're used to for him. He's just kind of an average pitcher, comes in with a 22% strikeout percentage against righties, 14% against lefties, giving up power to both sides of the plate. But it, it's really not a spot that I'm looking to get to just because the Astros are such a good offense. Um, you have Alex Bregman back, which makes that lineup deeper as well. Carlos Correa, I believe, was injured last night, so we'll have to wait and see if he's in the lineup tonight. But it, it's still just so dangerous with Springer, Bregman, Brantley, Guriel, Tucker. Like these, these guys are still so good. And so outside of maybe large field tournament considerations at low ownership, I don't really see much reason to get to Gibson. In, in terms of those Astros bats and, and creating a stack off this lineup, is there – is it a three or four man stack that you look at with their lineup? I mean, it's as many as you can get to like the top of the order is just so good and they're not really expensive either. There's nobody in Houston's lineup that's above 4,800 on DraftKings, which is really unusual um, for Gibson. Typically he is better against righties this year. The strikeout numbers are higher, but he has still allowed a 212 ISO to righties, 250 to lefties. So I think uh, Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley from the left side are going to look really good. Brantley in particular, only 3,300 on DraftKings for him, but you still, you know, can go Springer, Bregman, Brantley, Guriel, Tucker, or, you know, go Correa over Guriel if, if uh, Correa is in the lineup and you're going to be really happy with that stack, I think. And looking at the top stack tool right now, Houston fifth highest top stack percentage and fifth highest ownership so basically projected to be owned how they they should be and of course this is the first start for McCullers since coming off the IR uh first start since September the 4th so that's something to to play in there as uh he had a little uh once it was a, a neck uh issue that he, he was dealing with but he's back in this lineup obviously as a one-off everyone's going to look at Joey Gallo on the Rangers that's always going to be that's, that's an everyday thing just because of his owner ability is there anyone else in that Rangers lineup as a one-off that you think has some value? Willie Calhoun's $2,000 on DraftKings. 
it's just a mispricing. It's obviously not a great matchup for him. Yeah. He hasn't lived up to, you know, his prospect status going back to his time with the Dodgers, but he does still have power. He is the minimum salary. Like he's priced the same as guys you've never heard of. So um, it's just another guy that you can use as, as value and you're not really sacrificing a ton in the way of ceiling. Of course, we, we talked uh, earlier about uh, DeGrom and Cole, and we're starting to get kind of some questions about that. So just kind of like, you know, touch back on that. You know, Austin was asking, do you take DeGrom over Cole? Uh, another one says uh, you could do one lineup with DeGrom, one with Cole. I mean, obviously, that's talking about, obviously, a two-pitcher slate. Um, but for people just kind of tuning in now, you know, kind of explain why you, you, you think that there's a little more value on DeGrom over Cole. Yeah, so um, right now, Alex has DeGrom projected about two points higher than Garrett Cole, which it seems about right to me as well. Um, I haven't run my own, but that's that's what I would expect to come in um, at a similar like range to that. But then also looking at the ownership projections right now, we have Cole slightly higher than DeGrom. So, and, and I think that does make sense because they'll project similarly and because... Um, Cole's a little bit cheaper. So I think you you will see similar ownership, if not a little bit higher for Cole. Um, but the fact that the ground projects higher and is is the same ownership or a little bit lower makes me lean towards him. Uh, he comes in with a higher strikeout percentage by, even though Cole's been very good this year with a 33% strikeout percentage, the ground still comes in at almost 38%. So um, even better there. It walks about the same uh, as Cole. He's done a much better job limiting power. Cole's allowed two home runs per nine this year. The Grom's allowed 0.67. Uh, I did mention that I think it sets up as a favorable matchup for Cole because most of his power issues have been to left-handed hitters and Toronto doesn't have a lot of left-handed power. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Um, so, you know, ultimately, I think it's two great pitching options. It's just that I think the Grom is a little bit better. And right now, the ownership doesn't suggest that you should be getting off of the Grom. Corsi uh, brings up the point. He says a chalk Lance McCullers coming off an injury sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, but the the thing you have to keep in mind is the salary too. Um, any a, any concerns that you're going to have are pretty much factored into a seventy five hundred dollars salary facing Texas. So you don't want to just look at it and say, oh, you know, he's coming off injury, he's popular, like go the other direction. Like there, there's so much more to it than that. It, it comes a lot of it will come down to who else is in your lineup. You know, if you're playing, if the if you're playing a popular stack and you're going with the Grom or Cole, you probably don't want McCullers. You'll probably want to go to someone else and hope that McCullers has a, a disappointing outing. But basically, you know, if you just take, if you ignore all the outside circumstances and you take McCullers and, and you say he's facing Texas, like he's, you, you're going to assume he's you know 8,500, 9K. So the fact that he's 7,500 here clearly is factoring in that he missed his last start and 
that there's, you know, some risk here. Yeah. I mean, like, would you rather pay 7,500 for Lance McCullers or spend $1,300 less for Brady Singer in a, in a harder matchup? Right. Yeah. It's, it really does just come down to ownership considerations here. And, and, you know, like I said, that's a mistake. I think, you know, a lot of people make, we talk about it a lot is that when they talk about ownership, they look at one specific player and say like, this guy is too popular or not popular enough or whatever. It, it matters in the context of your entire lineup. So mm-hmm. um, just looking at, Mac- at McCullers ownership and saying he's too popular doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're stacking a team that is on their own, you can play McCullers and you should play McCullers because he's going to project as one of the best plays. So it, it really has to be looked at in the context of your entire lineup, what you're doing with it. Especially when we're talking about a nine game slate tonight where you have, you know, you got multiple options that you can go with. Obviously we've talked about, those high-end options. One of those high-end options is Giolito going for the White Sox, 10200 on DK, 9600 on FanDuel, $53 on Yahoo going up against the Twins. We got Jake Odorizzi on the hill for the Twins. Uh, Odorizzi, 8000 on DK. Uh, when I looked a little earlier, there was no pricing on FanDuel at this time and $27 on Yahoo. Yeah, for Giolito, it's the toughest <clears throat> the toughest matchup out of the the three at the top between um, Degrom, Cole, and, and himself. Minnesota is just you know a, a tough lineup to strike out. They have a lot of power, um, so it, it's not it, the, the ceiling is still there for Giolito. But I would want a pretty big ownership discount on him if I'm going to him over Degrom or Cole. Right now, there is an ownership gap, but it's not that big on DraftKings. Right now, we have Cole at 44 percent, Degrom at 40 percent. Giolito at 24%. If it gets a little bit bigger, like if you start to see DeGrom and Cole go up and then Giolito drop down to you know, 10 to 15%, it starts to become interesting there just because he is such a good pitcher. He does come in with a 34.2% strikeout percentage, which is right between DeGrom and Cole. He's you know just been, been great this year. There, there's no real question about it. Um, but he's getting enough ownership where I would just rather go with DeGrom, who's the better pitcher facing half of the Phillies triple-A lineup and Cole, who is, you know, a, a very similar pitcher, you know, a little bit better, a little bit worse. You can debate, but uh, facing, you know, a bunch of righties for Toronto. So as it stands right now, um, I, I would rather go to DeGrom and Cole, but that is a spot you can pay attention to ownership because the ceilings are very, very similar. And so if there starts to be a big gap in ownership, you, you can roster Giolito and, and just hope that he outperforms the other two. Joe, appreciate your uh, message there in the super chat. Appreciate you chiming in here on a Wednesday morning as we uh, talk about today's MLB slate, mentioning that uh, he won't be risking his hair like he did for MMA a couple weeks ago as uh, did not work out well for him when he mentioned about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of those twins bats, um, you, you mentioned about the the, the, the strikeouts, um, you know, in terms of Giolito in that spot. But as you look up and down that twins lineup, is this a good spot for them? For the, I mean, no, because Giolito is really good. It's still a pretty low probability spot. You know, if you look at at the top stack percentage right now, we actually have Minnesota in the middle of the pack, four and a half percent chance of being the top stack, only 2.9% aggregate ownership. So to me, that does look like a team you could get to in large field tournaments. And you're, you're basically just, betting on how much power is in this lineup. Um, you know, you, you understand that it's not a high probability spot, but there's just so much power that if they can somehow get to Giolito and get him out of the game earlier, Giolito just has one of his bad starts. Um, you're getting a lot of power at low ownership, but in smaller field tournaments, I don't think it quite is appealing just because the top stack 
it's still a low probability spot and they're not really that cheap. So you're not going to get the best pitching with them either. So more of a large field tournament stack than uh, a smaller field, I think, mm-hmm. and probably more of a full stack spot than one-off hitters because you basically, there's not any one hitter that's going to look like a great play against Lucas Giolito because of how good he is. So basically your hope would be that Giolito just has, you know, one of the 10% of the time that he's going to come out and just be awful. And in that case, you would want, you know, as many hitters against him as you can get. In terms of the White Sox bats, I mean, sometimes they can be a little expensive to get to a stack of getting the the proper stack that you would like to get to, uh, but should they be a target going against Odorizzi? Yeah, I think the answer is pretty much yes, always with the, <laughs> the White Sox. Um, Odorizzi hasn't pitched much this year. He's only thrown about 225 total pitches. Um, he is someone that throughout most of his career has struggled with right-handed power. He fixed it a bit last year. He started throwing his slider more um, over the very, very limited sample this year. He's allowed a massive amount of power to righties. Um, but the there's just so much right-handed power in this lineup with with Anderson and Brayu Jimenez and Carnacion and Robert. Um, these guys all have a ton of power. You also have the left-handed guys in Grandal and Mancata. It's just a, a really high upside stack. The stack is expensive too, which should keep ownership down. Um, right now we have them with a 5% top stack percentage, only 2.1% aggregate ownership. So it's very similar in terms of top stack percentage versus ownership to the twins, except it's a little bit higher probability because they're facing Jacob Rizzi and not facing Lucas Giolito. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, probably a stack that I'm definitely going to look at. Uh, of course, you already see right now there in the chat about today's promo that we have going on right now this week as is us open is here and get 50% off a PGA weekly. When you use the promo code of bogey, see the link right there in the YouTube chat. When you're looking to get access to all of our golfer projections, ownership projections, the golf top golfers tool and so much more for PGA. You guys sign up right now for an awesome plus PGA weekly pass. You got to use bogey at checkout. This is a limited time offer. It does expire today, so head over to awesomeo.com forward slash join to sign up right now for a Awesomeo Plus Golf Weekly Pass. Moving on to uh, the next game, we got the Indians and the Cubs. Savelli going for the Indians and Lester going for the Cubs. (laughs) Yeah, so I think anyone that has watched more than one of my shows knows how I feel about John Lester and it, it doesn't change here. You know, the Indians, not a spot where I'm looking to get to Lester, not much in the way of strikeout upside for him. The salary is not super cheap. So I don't, I don't really see much appeal there. Um, the strikeouts he does get typically come against left-handed bats. 28% of lefties have struck out against them this year compared to 17% of righties. The Indians have a lineup full of right-handed hitters and switch hitters. So uh, not a very appealing spot there for him. As far as Aaron Savali goes, um, he has actually been pretty good this year, uh, surprising, su- surprisingly good um, in terms of basically everything. 24% strikeout percentage, only walking 4% of hitters. Um, so pretty pretty good numbers there. The salary isn't the most appealing at 8600 because, you know, it is $1,100 more than McCullers. It's $2,400 more than Brady Singer against the Tigers. Um, so it, it it should keep his ownership down right now on DraftKings, we haven't projected for 8% ownership. That's a spot that you can definitely look to get to in, in tournaments just because he is a pretty good pitcher and the salary is fine. It's just not like quote unquote optimal. Um, the Cubs matchup isn't the best. You do have some strikeouts in there with guys like Hap and Baez, um, but also, you know, Rizzo very difficult to strike out. Uh, that, that'll drive down strikeout percentage. Hayward can be tough to strike out. So I, I think kind of just an average matchup, average spot for Savali. The main reason that you would consider him is just that he's 
pretty talented and he's mm-hmm. really low on. Yeah, I mean, $8,600 on both DraftKings and FanDuel and uh, $40 over on Yahoo. I, I don't mind the $8,600 price tag on DK when I'm looking at, you know, that under 9K options. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a fine price tag as far as the range of outcomes for Savali goes. He can very easily give you like three times that salary and be a, be a really good play. It's it's not an optimal salary because like when you build your, your cash lineup or build your optimal lineup, you're going to get a better projection by going down by either going up and getting both of the aces or two of the aces or by going down and getting the colors or singer or, you know, whoever. So it's that, that will keep his ownership down. And it's the kind of spot where um, in tournaments, you can kind of take advantage of it. Yeah. I just don't see any way why I would ever roster John Lester at this point. Nope. (laughs) I mean, I, 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 I honestly like, for people who roster them, I want to say why. Is it right. just like you're you're going, hey, man, he's low on. I'm going to take a shot. Like, is that the like to me? Like, that's the only reason. Well, and the salary just never gets low enough because it's just like you know, yeah. it's John Lester. He's like, if he were six K or something, then sure. But he'd also be like fifty percent owned because it's John Lester. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's and this, you know, like I said before, this isn't a spot that you look at and, and think he has a really high chance of success because not only. Um, does the top part of the Cleveland lineup strike out at a low rate, but there's just so many right-handed bats here. Like in their projected lineup, the only left-handed hitter in there is Mike Freeman. So you're talking about a bunch of righties that have power, some of which have really low strikeout percentages against a pitcher who strikes out 16.7% of righties and has allowed a 230 ISO to him this year. Uh, I actually am kind of surprised that Cleveland's implied run total is as low as it is at four and a half. Any reason why you think it's that low? The wind's not blowing out in Wrigley, so it plays like it, it doesn't look like it's blowing in, but um, it, it should play at least, if not in favor of the pitching, it should at least play um, pretty neutral. And then also, it's like seventy degrees, so the ball's not going to carry. I'm guessing that most that the weather mostly is the reason. Who's your value bet on the on the Indians in this spot? Carlos Santana is only thirty five hundred, so that stands out. You also can look to Jordan Luplo or Oscar Mercado at twenty two hundred. Those are both pretty crazy salaries. You do run some pinch hit risk with with Luplo, but um, you know twenty at awesomeoak.com daily today. It is the MLB lineup builder. So when you're looking to build those lineups, you got to go over to awesomeoak.com to build those lineups over there. Uh, today's free premium content is the MLB lineup builder. Now our final two games. Another one of the big favorites tonight is the Angels. Dylan Bundy going for the Angels, Caleb Smith going for the D-backs. Yeah, this one is, it gives us another another pitcher that's not getting a lot of ownership, but that does give you a really high ceiling. Uh, right now you have Dylan Bundy coming in with like nine, nine and a half, ten percent 10% ownership on DraftKings. And just like we talked about Savali, I think it makes sense. You know, that that's probably like he should come in with, with lower ownership because he's priced close enough to Cole that, that you're going to just want to go to Garrett Cole. But you're still getting a really high ceiling from Dylan Bundy. Um, you know, he, he's been very good this year since coming to, to the angels comes in with a 29% strikeout percentage, only a 6% walk percentage uh, pitching in Arizona does help to alleviate his, his home run issues. One negative to point to for him is that his strikeout numbers, even going back to his time with the Orioles, but also this year, his strikeout numbers are much, much better against right-handed hitters than lefties. He struck out 36% of righties this year. He's only struck out 24% of lefties. The Angels lineup is projected to only have three right-handed bats in it. So if you get the normal, or sorry, the Diamondbacks lineup, if you get the the normal Arizona lineup, it's going to to knock Bundy's projection down a little bit. You know, it, it 
is something you want to factor in that, you know, his, his strikeout stuff just isn't as good against lefties. He relies very heavily on his slider to get swings and misses against righties. And that's a pitch that he doesn't throw nearly as much to lefties. Uh, he's thrown at 47% to righties. It's an elite pitch, 26.8% swinging strike percentage. He's only thrown at 10% to lefties. So that's why you see much, much lower strikeout numbers. So um, if, if we do get the normal Arizona lineup, it will keep my expectations for Bundy in check, but uh, he, he is getting, you know, pretty low ownership here. His salary is a little higher than Savelli, uh, 9,100 as opposed to 8,600 on DK, 9,800 versus 8,600. Is he a better play tonight than Savelli? I think they're pretty much the same. Uh, Alec, I, I pulled up Alex's projections. He actually has them as the exact same point per dollar play. Uh, so a slightly higher projection going to Bundy, but also a slightly higher salary. Um, I, I think that they, they're really, like, even in theory, they're like the same play, basically. They, they are in matchups that aren't great. They aren't optimal as far as roster construction goes, but they're good enough pitchers that it wouldn't surprise anyone if they just go out there and give you 25 points. Um, I think that if I have to choose one, I would lean towards it. Assuming Arizona goes with their normal lineup, I would lean towards Savali just because he is a little bit cheaper. Um, if Arizona, for whatever reason, has an extra righty or two in there, it would swing in favor of Bundy. In terms of, uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, what could be in the lineup today if, if Arizona goes into it with a normal lineup. Uh, you target and what the Angels could go with. Are you targeting the Angels going up against Caleb Smith? I mean, third start of the year, second start with the D-backs, you know, since coming over to that trade uh, from the Marlins. Is that a, a spot you're looking at as we get later in the day? Yeah, I think so because, and again, it's a pitcher. Smith's the pitcher that I like full stacking against because, he has good strikeout stuff, but he also gives up power and he also walks a lot of guys. So when you're taking individual bats, and this isn't to say that you shouldn't just take Mike Trout or just take Anthony Rendon, like obviously those guys are phenomenal. But yeah. um, the, the 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 issue, the risk you take you, that you run into is that you can just very easily get a guy that walks three times because Kale Smith can't throw a strike. Whereas when you full stack against him, if he's having that kind of start where he is walking guys, um, you're getting a lot of guys on base. You're getting more at bats. You're able to take advantage of that because you correlated throughout your lineup. And then hopefully you get one or two, you know, three, three run home runs after he walks guys. So um, against high walk pitchers like Smith, it's typically more like I prefer stacking against them as opposed to taking one off in a perfect world. But um, yeah, I do think this is fine. You can get to the, really the problem you're going to run into though, is that it's outside. So the, the guys that you want are really expensive, like Trout $6,300. It's Mike Trout. That's fine. But um, that's still a really expensive price tag. Randone's 5,800 on DraftKings. David Fletcher is 5,300. Like that's a really expensive price tag for a guy like Fletcher that um, puts the ball in play, but doesn't have a ton of power. And then you get beyond that, you just get the guys that you don't really want. You know, Albert Pujols is not, it is bad. Um, Justin Upton sucks now. Like there's, there's not much in this lineup beyond Trout and Randone. So, that makes it kind of tough to, to love um, stacking them. Looking at the top stack tool right now, uh, their ownership is relatively low, though. They have a 7.5% chance of being the top stack, 4.1% ownership percentage. If that holds, then it probably will just be a case where I just don't look – I just look away and, uh, you know, ignore the fact that I'm rostering some hitters that I really hate. Yeah, when I was looking at the box scores this morning, I knew when I was doing the show with you when I saw Justin Upton hit a home run – Got a little chuckle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does at least have the platoon advantage here. You know, maybe he will strike out less than 45% of the time. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, we got one more game to go here. And if you do have any questions on tonight's slate, leave those right there on YouTube. Also, be sure to hit the thumbs up button on YouTube. It does help us out a lot as well. Now, of course, if you want to get access to our player projections, ownership projections, the top stack tool, you got to sign up for it. Also, plus MLB weekly pass for $15.95. All you got to do to sign up today is go to awesomeo.com forward slash join. Our final game of the night is going to be the Giants and the Mariners. Of course, they were supposed to be playing in Seattle. However, due to the air quality in Seattle, the game has been moved to San Francisco. Seattle will be the home team. Of course, you know, last night it was uh, Tyler Anderson was supposed to go for the Giants. Right now, listen to LB.com. They list Drew Smiley as a starter for the Giants and Newsom as a starter for the Mariners. We're going to kind of have to see if that does change throughout the day. Maybe the guys that were supposed to go last night get the start here or not. So that kind of makes it a, a little difficult to, in breaking this one down. So we, we do have confirmation that Drew Smiley is starting. Um, according to the athletic, at least he's, he's getting the start for the giants. So you get him coming off of 59 pitches his last time out against San Diego. The most pitches he's thrown in a game this year is 71. So you're not expecting him to go too deep into this game. He is only 7,100 and it is a good matchup against Seattle. Smiley does have decent strikeout stuff as well. Um, Going back to last season, he struck out 26% of righties, 19% of lefties. You could throw a dart at him in tournaments, um, you know, kind of as a, a pivot to McCullers. He doesn't have the same, I don't think he has the same ceiling as McCullers because of pitch count concerns, but he has enough strikeout stuff where like if he gives you five innings and McCullers has a bad start, he can you know obviously beat McCullers. And so that's kind of the approach you'd be taking there. It's not someone that I would want a large percentage of, but he is cheap enough and has enough strikeout stuff that you can take a shot at him. Um, LJ Newsom on the other side hasn't gone more than 60 pitches yet and isn't i mean he's 6300 so he's cheap but he's not it's not like he's priced for for four innings or anything like that so between the two pitchers if i go to one i would look to smiley yeah 70 well i've seen on DraftKings 7100 uh for drew smiley in this one uh obviously uh you know he hasn't gone more than four innings so that's obviously something we're going to consider um in terms of the bats here um obviously we, we've talked uh, throughout this season about you know the fences being moved in at Oracle Park, but uh, does anything on the hitting side in this game interest you? The Giants um, look like pretty decent values. They're another really cheap team uh, outside of Yastrzemski, who's 5,100. But beyond him, the most expensive hitter in their projected lineup is Evan Longoria at 4,100. You're facing, you know, LJ Newsom, who obviously has like three or four appearances in the big leagues. So far, he's allowed some power. Um, 353 ISO to righties, 188 to lefties. His in DFS. Uh, Mike saying Mount Castle continues to be criminally underpriced. Yeah, no, no question about that. I really have no idea how he's as cheap as he is. You know, it's not, sometimes you'll see hitters come up and they hit well, but you know, you have their body of work in the minor leagues and you say like, yeah, okay, it's a fluke. It's going to go away. The guy raked in the minor leagues, he's one of the top hitting prospects and he comes up and is crushing in the majors. Like I'm not saying that he needs to be, you know, 5k or something, but Pricing him like he's just some like utility player is is clearly wrong. Uh, Josh says, uh, and this is because kind of we'll kind of start to wrap up here with some some listener question. There's a bunch of value to get two high end SPs today. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And if you're doing that, you just want to pay attention to the ownership of your lineup, like we talked about before. Um, like I, I mentioned it as we went through the slate, but 
like right now looking at the top stack tool, Kansas City is one of those teams that you can use to get to two expensive pitchers. They're getting about 14% aggregate ownership. San Francisco, another team you could use if you ignore Yastrzemski, getting 13% aggregate ownership. The Orioles, though, are a team that you could use in a, a less appealing spot because they're facing Hamels and, and the bullpen as opposed to, um, you know, LJ Newsom or uh, uh, Tarek Skubal. But the same kind of thing. They're really cheap. Their range of outcomes really isn't different than Kansas City or San Francisco, but they're getting, you know, a third of the ownership or even less than that. So um, you do want to pay attention to the ownership there. Make sure that your highest projected teams are going to probably be two expensive pitchers and then value bats. You just want to make sure that if you're going that route, you're playing lower owned value bats because there's nothing really worse in tournaments than playing a bunch of really highly owned below average hitters like that, that, you know, everyone else is playing. So just pay attention to the ownership if you're going that roster construction route. But I do agree with all the value bats that there's a lot of ways to do it. Mike also mentioned he he feels that uh, Kyle Lewis for the Mariners has an amazing value on Yahoo at $15. Yes, he does. Yeah, that's that's about the polar opposite of um, his drafting price where he's 5K. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're always looking for those values. Of course, you, you got to go over to awesomeo.com. You can sign up for Awesome Plus MLB Weekly Pass for $15.95. And our free premium content of the day is the MLB Lineup Builder. So you can check that out throughout the day as you're building your lineup. Uh, obviously, is there a pitcher on tonight's slate that uh, you're paying attention to his ownership more than others? Um, I guess it would be Brady Singer just because – I don't know how necessary he even is on this slate because of how many cheap bats there are. And the fact that while McCullers and the ground are expensive, they're not super expensive. So I'm not really sure yet how necessary Singer even is, but I will pay attention to his ownership because his range of outcomes is so wide where if he were to get a lot of ownership, um, it's going to be really easy to get away from him and just pay off more for pitching. If he were to get very little ownership, then there starts to be more of an advantage to um, just getting as many good bats as you can, knowing that a lot, a lot of the field's going to be paying up for pitching. Right now, we have him coming in around 20%, which is, is probably where he should be, and I don't think there's a big edge one way or the other. But he's one guy who I could see his ownership kind of drastically moving one way or, one way or the other as we get closer to lock. I'm looking at, on the FanDuel side of things, what does ownership look like outside of DeGrom, Giolito, and Cole? And, and yeah, can, yep. can, can I find a pitcher I like to kind of counter that high ownership of those three guys. Well, and right now we have McCullers actually is the highest owned pitcher there too at 23%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, you know, if that stays the same, I'm definitely looking at those high end options. Yeah, exactly. If, if it holds how it is right now, I would just much rather be getting to Cole and the ground. Yeah, exactly. Of course, uh, coming up next, we got the NFL show right here on awesome.com. So stay tuned for that, of course, I'll be back tonight for the MMA strategy show. Myself and Pete Rogers Jr. We will go live at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time to preview Saturday's UFC Fight Night card, Covington versus Woodley. So that is going to do it for this edition of the MLB Strategy Show, right here on AwesomeMo.com.